Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The boyhood dream has come true! All of you! to me! You're about to find out how ugly mankind can really be! Myself and the click are gonna dance all over your face! Talk about your psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Welcome everyone to the Gold Holy Classic Raw Review as the other Gold Holy lads recover from war games and get ready for the most wonderful time of the year. We are here via our Icapro Power DeLorean, nowhere near the most wonderful time of the year, because it's May 1996. Who be we? I'll be Fake Geordie, my radio presenter without portfolio, and the most wonderful time of the year. Tom Campbell with the... <laughs> I am with the Mulligan to my O'Hare from Coldaholic.com, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando is here. Hello. There he is. <laughs> this feels like, we said this before we started, this feels like a long time since we've recorded, but I think because we haven't recorded on a normal day yeah. for a long time. We got a few in the can because of other commitments in our real life. Real life, your birthday. Your engagement. My engagement. My birthday. Your birthday. Your engagement. And our engagement, yeah. which all went all right. Yeah. Which was nice. Fantastic. I think, I think, we've, I think we'd maybe released an episode after both occasions. And assumed everything went fine. <laughs> yes. The, the last one we released came out on my birthday. Yes, yeah. it did. Yeah. The Jackie Orlando birthday special. It was, yeah. <laughs> was your birthday special? It was. I, a, a bit, I, I went a bit sociopathic. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Go on. I, refu- I didn't put anything on my social media to catch close friends out. Oh. So I got text. I got some like birthday greetings from friends that I didn't expect it from. But I've got a couple of friends who only message me when they're like, oh, I need advice, blah, 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 blah. And I went, let's see here. Mm. Didn't put anything on my birthday. And on the next day, I put, it's my birthday yesterday. Where are all the messages, you bastards? Oh. Um, and one of the friends who always comes to us off came and said sorry, but didn't wish the belated one. So I was like, mm, okay. Oh, they just said sorry. Yeah. But didn't wish. Oh, yeah. yikes. But it was. I messaged you, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Phew. As the two of our... <laughs> No, but it was it was actually nice not putting anything because I don't use Facebook. I use Twitter sparingly and I use Instagram. So as a result, I wasn't like on my phone all day, like liking things and saying thanks and stuff. There was just a couple of bursts, burst, blasts. That's not even a word. A couple of bursts. A couple of bursts where I was just like, oh, thank you. And I just got on with the rest of my day, kept nice. it quiet, had some cheesecake, bought some more Beano books. Brilliant. The usual. It's a good time. It's a good yeah. life as Jackie Orlando. Yeah. Well, how old are you now? 
34. Like one of my friends who have been friends with 15 years messaged me the day after saying, oh, I, I, I didn't realize you've built up an air of mystery. And I was like, <laughs> it's like I'm here for that. That's fantastic. I, I will confess, I didn't realize it was Matthew's birthday. Yeah. Until we were half an hour into the watch along of SummerSlam 2001. Yeah. And 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 I, I know, and, and Math and I have been mates for years, and I'm just an awful. Uh, I'm awful with that sort of thing. I get so lost in my own of my own ass that I do tend to forget birthdays. It's terrible. I've got to write them down. Don't think that I've got more up here. No. So, um, but yeah, when when Matthews, because you uh, sent the boy Fraser Porter to fetch him a cake, <laughs> yeah. um, and then when it when it was in there, I was just like, it's still technically my birthday. I was like, when that comes back up, it's like, I get first dibs at the cake. Good shout. The face was gone, so I went for the arse. That's the Jack Atkins <laughs> rule of life. <laughs> if you can't eat your face, I'll eat your arse. That's going to be on your bloody tombstone, that is. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> if you didn't eat your face, he ate your arse. <laughs> was, was this your Tinder bio that got you and Sharp together? It was, yeah. She was like, but, mm, swipe. The, the, the reason my Tinder bio is different from my... Um, Epitaph is because my epitaph will say, you know, died from ticks. Which, <laughs> so, and, and your Tinder will say, down to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you had a lovely birthday. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you had a lovely engagement party. Oh, it was lovely. Yeah. I told everyone to bring pineapples. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and then I, was just, and I said to Alex, I just I put it on the thing. So on, the, on those little Facebook invite for everybody that was coming, it just said, please bring a pineapple. Um, there is a reason, but I haven't got time because I'm running out of spec. <laughs> and then people brought pineapples. Yeah. And as the as my 18, 19 pineapples turned up at the at the venue, I said to Alex, I, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I, I haven't thought of a payoff. <laughs> like it's on the day she went, well, you, I'm not helping you. You wrote it. So I just said, right, everyone who, I got on this little stage bit, I said, everybody brought a pineapple, could you come to the front, please? And I was like, oh, no, no. Can I grab one quickly? Yeah, go on, you can grab one. Right, hold it to pineapples. Right, the reason you brought one was for no reason at all. Thanks hey. for coming to our pie. <laughs> but then the venue ended up using a few of the pineapples for uh, cocktails, which is very nice. Yeah. A few people took them back for their own use. Uh, so they all got used. I'm pretty sure they all got used. There's still one in our fridge. Which we're working through. So we all they all got used. As long as you work through it, once I had cut up a pineapple, put it in the fridge and realised it was going off, ate the whole thing, realised I have the mildest of allergies to pineapple. Oh, no. And my tongue went grey. Your tongue went grey? It went grey and massive, but luckily it got me out of doing something I didn't want to do. So I just texted him, I can't come. I've, I've got a mild allergy to pineapple. I've eaten too much pineapple. I've got a big grey tongue. I was big grey. I was I was fine. After That'll a bit. terrify you. No, I'd be terrified if my tongue went grey. I, I sat down and ate a whole pineapple in one <laughs> go. Like it wasn't like a diddy one. It was like a cartoon <laughs> pineapple. <laughs> and I'm not actually sure if it is a mild allergy or if just humans aren't meant to eat one massive pineapple in mm. one go. Perhaps it was too much. Acid I'm or sure we. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe so. Maybe the 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 acid made your tongue go possibly grey. Might but have done. It got me out of something. There you go. And I sat at home just in my undies going, great, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is new with you since we last properly caught up? Uh, bought a toaster. 
which which Ross Tweddle already said. He's like, oh, you've already talked about it a hundred times. Twice I'd mentioned it. To the, Ross. the toast was a big talking point in the office this morning. We, we had a very boring conversation about ways to cut bread. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the bit that I was like, hmm, as, as my radio brain always goes, okay. Uh, when you said like, do you have your toaster? out on the side mm. or do you hide it like it's bringing you shame <laughs> and we are a house that if guests are coming round mm. we hide the toaster oh okay we just I don't know I, 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 and I feel now I feel bad yeah like the, the toaster's done nothing wrong it serves as well I don't know why we feel like we need to pretend to guests that we have that we only drink we only eat you know raw bread <laughs> To know why we feel like we need to pretend that we don't toast our bread. Uh, like, I don't get it. We need to come out as toaster users. I feel like we should. I, I'm such a a toaster boy. Like, there's no point. <laughs> there's no point putting it away because I'd probably break my elbows putting it in and out every time. Because so. you have sourdough bread and poached eggs on the morning. So yeah. there's no point. Yeah, of course. How many eggs do you, have you had since we last talked? Oh, I don't know. I'm... Um, Slightly above par because I've had a few helpings of scrambled. You're above par for the month. Yeah. Are we close to a thousand eggs for the year? <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'd die. I die. Like Especially this late in the game, mm. the end of November. I think I'd need to eat 400 eggs in the month of December, which I think would be about. Is it about four of like 45 eggs a day? I think you might need 45 <laughs> eggs a day. Let me have a. And despite how I look, I'm not Jeff Kate. <laughs> I often get mistaken for 400. How many, how many weeks left in the year? Is it about Four, five? Uh, well, yeah, about five weeks. 400 divided by five. Hang on. 400 divided by five. Uh, 80 eggs a week. So so then we do 80 divided by seven. So you need 11 eggs a day. <laughs> get cracking. Pun mm. intended. Hey. <laughs> so I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd 11 to, eggs a day. To do that, really, I'd have to have a three-egg scrambler in the morning. Three-egg scrambler. A three-egg omelette for lunch. Okay. I still leave in four eggs. I'd have to have, I don't know, two fried eggs. <laughs> Could you just pop a couple of boilies in while you're on the on the metro? A <laughs> couple of boilies. Keep them in my cheeks like some kind of man hamster <laughs> that eats eggs. Put some in a little bit of Tupperware. Yeah. Just sit on the, on the metro on the way to work. I'll pop a couple of boilies <laughs> That reminds me, have you ever had egg-flavoured crisps? What? No. The Spanish, um, I'd... With? <laughs> my... my <laughs> old uh, studio space in Liverpool uh, shared it with someone who was an accountant for a, like a Spanish deli and restaurant Egg company well she brought in a hamper of stuff and was like right here's some like um, was that your dream living with somebody who worked for a deli oh no I didn't I didn't take care take uh, advantage of it enough sure, but she brought in some like Spanish Iberico ham crisps which are very nice and she's like there's fried egg ones here who wants to try them and I was like go on and I was eating them I was like these aren't nice but they're nice at the same time because they tasted just like egg. But when you realise you're eating crisps, it just seems wrong. Mm, oh, because you're like, oh, lovely egg, but wait, it's not egg. Yeah, it's just it's none, crisps. None of the none of the benefits of having egg. No, and a completely different texture game. Flavoured things like that I have a lot to answer for. Like every year on Christmas time, I start seeing adverts for bacon scented candles, mm. and I don't like that idea no. because the reason I like the smell of bacon is because it comes with the promise of bacon. Yeah. So you're basically selling me a broken promise. Like, why would you want that? Why just you want that? If you if you all lovely smell of bacon, get me some bacon. Perhaps it's to convert ba people into bacon eaters. The only reason I started drinking oh. coffee is because I really like the smell of it. Oh really? Oh that was, okay. That's one of the reasons. Yeah. Well, that's a bit of an interesting development on my old standing theory. What was your old standing theory? The the the, the you know it's, the, the scented candle is a broken promise. Mm. 
Interested in that? It's tough to take away there. Yeah. Deep. We're getting deep. We're getting, de- we're getting deep here. We're getting lovely and deep. What do you expect? Uh, let's get into your mail. Get deep into the mail. It makes me want to wag my tail. Uh, bumper mailbag this week. Thank you very much for reaching out. Classic at Coltaholic.com. Uh, You'll be surprised to know some of it's about wrestling. Most of it's not. Uh, <laughs> a bit like this podcast. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Craig Betts is from Lakeland, Florida. Hello, Craig. Hello, Craig. On the most recent Raw, number 158, you were wondering about the expression, Hey Mikey. And we were, yeah, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, was this an ECW reference? Was this yeah. something else? He like, Mikey likes it. He really likes it. Uh, this is actually in reference to a series of commercials for Life Cereal here in America. Okay. These were replayed for many years and how I knew of them as an 80s kid. The actor who portrayed the titular Mikey is John Gilchrist, who reprised the role as an adult in 1986. He's also the director of media sales at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so this is Vince making another timely pop culture reference. Of course, yeah. I think it was... To be fair, like as much as we love to, to drag Vince McMahon for his pop culture references, I think it was Jerry Lawler that said Mikey really likes it. Yeah, and it was only it was only ten years out of date at this point. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it was still relatively modern. Uh, thanks for all the stifled laughs I have whilst listening to all the classic podcasts when I should be working. You're very welcome, Greg. Or, or possibly Craig. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call you Craig from now on. Um, Fergus Jeffs has been on again. Thank you, Fergus. Uh, hi, Tom and Jackie. Uh, killing two birds with one stone here, which is last Friday's lunchtime special at Bird King. <laughs> I don't know. God. Two birds with one quick duck. Tom, does that rock? I've seen, seen Tony Owl. <laughs> oh, look, fucking. I love a battered Tony Owl. Wait, do, 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 you mean, do you mean put them in batter or beat them up? Whoa. Oh, you're, you're cool. I could do both. <laughs> Hey, have it your way, Burger King. Davey, <laughs> with, with a wonky paper chef's hat, covered in scratches and feathers and blood. Which you mean that's not how you batter it? I fucking... That's smack, how Tom battered me. Smacked his head. Smacked his head in. Put his fucking head in. I just grabbed it, but it doesn't have a neck, so I just grabbed a sauce and <laughs> hit it. You know, their eyes are too big for their head. <laughs> Cooked them up. If the British Bulldog opened a restaurant related to eggs, <laughs> fuck me, what have we, mate, we've, what have we done? How have we kept this Bulldog joke going for months? <laughs> mate, years. <laughs> the Bulldog joke predates the, the, the Jackie-Tom connection. True. It's <laughs> years. Billington Bulldogs have a bullet with our name on it. Um, if the British Bulldogs opened up a restaurant related to eggs, mm. would he either... One, just just startup egg king, covering all bases in one chain. Or would he, two, try to spread the business more thinly by opening up restaurants either relating to specific types of egg, chicken egg king, duck egg king, quail's egg king, Ooh. or the different types of egg preparation, i.e. scrambled egg king, poached egg king, boiled egg king, or hard-boiled egg king. I, <laughs> I like how there's a boiled egg king and a hard-boiled egg king. <laughs> Oh, that's been in too long. Quick, get it over the road. Well, thank God Bulldog's not setting it up in America because they'd have to have like over easy egg king, sunny oh. side up egg king, I don't know, fucking gelatin egg king. <laughs> I think it's a combination of the two. I think Bulldog's like, right, there's a gap in the market here. We can have hard boiled chicken egg king, hard boiled duck egg king, oh. hard boiled fucking goose egg king. <laughs> ostrich egg king, he stole one ostrich egg and he's just like, <laughs> build, a, build a house around it. Fry it. <laughs> How'd you make these? I don't know, batter them. What's next? Oh, oh mash king. Mash an egg one day. 
<laughs> Bulldog, can you please just like, you know, divide up some of your roles because you spread yourself too thin. Spread King. I tell you what, though. As ridiculous as this sounds, considering the state of the UK high street in 2022 of all those empty lots. Oh, yeah. You could go for it. I think, you know what? I think if some, if an entrepreneur was to come on and take over, I don't know, um, Leadgate High Street. <laughs> Why not? I think there's a high street in Leadgate. Let us know if you're in Leadgate. Uh, and just just all king stores. Mm. All king stores that we can pop into and pop out of. That'd be lovely. Yeah. Uh, no idea <laughs> how I thought of this. Just came into my mind whilst listening to your egg discussion. Uh, on episode 158. I think the answers could help expand the ever-expanding world of the British Bulldogs food empire. Fergus, they certainly have. Considering the size of all, he must have got his way through some eggs. Yeah, he looked like an eggy boy. Like six Among eggs other things. In, a, in a pint glass. <laughs> Breakfast. Get that down, yeah. <laughs> pint of eggs, can of nourishment, both of them. Oh, <laughs> double edit. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, Mike Staley, former guest on the Classic Raw Review. Hello, Mike. Mike's back on, baby. Uh, I was listening to your watch along to In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies. You guys were talking about how deceptively Big Billy Gunn is. Yeah, oh yeah. You've mentioned it a few times before, but all the times you brought it up, this was definitely the most recent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I actually got to see this myself a few years back at an indie show when Billy took on a wrestler called Kevin Grace. Grace was 5'7 or 5'8. Gun looked just massive next to him. They even did a humongous back and forth about their height differences. Funny enough, Billy Gunn, not only the wrestler who turned out to be deceptively large, uh, sorry, Billy Gunn is not the only wrestler who turned out to be deceptively large. I was at an anime convention, and funny part of the uh, the part of the event was a wrestling show. Okay, this did lead to the gloriousness of seeing Sailor Moon, Tuxedo Mask, and Luna take on all three members of Team Rocket. <laughs> but while walking the halls, I passed by Raven. Oh, <laughs> what's Raven doing at an anime convention? He bloody loves a bit of Studio Ghibli. He, he loves it. My neighbor Raven. <laughs> <laughs> Heyman's moving castle. <laughs> Stop moving! You've got you've got to pay me. Princess Komodo, what a <laughs> <laughs> What happened to my paycheck, Paul? It was spirited away. <laughs> Uh, Raven was much bigger than I thought not Billy Gunn big or anything but he was a lot bigger than he comes off on TV keep up the great work I may be attempted to join you for another episode sometime soon Mike Staley thank you Mike thank you Mike uh, if patreon.com forward slash cultaholic you can watch these episodes and if you're feeling like it what a lovely Christmas present it might be for somebody get on here and have an episode with us yeah. be the be the third man who's the third man could be you patreon.com forward slash cultaholic alright Tommy Bahama and Jackie Orlando <laughs> Tommy Bahama. Uh, <laughs> the 10th, 11th, or 12th horsewoman of the classic reviews here. It's a woman that this... Now, now I discovered, mate, this is ridiculous, right? Yeah, I discovered yeah. on the classic Smackdown review of Matthew, that sometimes uh, women will listen to this. <laughs> As Roger Moore once said, a woman. <laughs> <laughs> As Roger Moore once said, not guilty. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Like four horsemen. Hey, you'd have to get a hand up so it's 12. 12 horsewomens of the apocalypses. Uh, yeah, so some women sometimes listen to this. God. I should put some cologne on this morning. You just, do smell nice. I, just in case. Yeah. Just in case. Uh, thanks once again for all of the con all the out of context quotes about Bovril Bay, glasses of eggs and Snoopy tennis that I get to pester my boyfriend with on a weekly basis. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, in number 158, 
Tom went on a bit of an excursion about the lackluster voices of YouTube personalities, brought up Ben Potter as a good example of one. Of course, a voice like his is out of my wheelhouse, but do you think each of you could bestow unto us all a good morsel of advice for podcasting, broadcasting, voice casting, cast casting, and anything else that involves the vocal cords? Thanks again for the wonderful entertainment you all do. Next trip to Egg King is on me. Well, we've got numerous franchises that we could visit. Uh, Smelly Welly Jelly Belly on the ferry to Delhi Ellie. <laughs> Thank you, Smelly Welly Jelly Belly, on the ferry to Delhi Alley. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for being another woman that listens. Um, voice acting and voice tips. I think I would always say uh, protect it. If you project it, protect it. Um, I, 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 there's numerous things I do to maintain as good a quality of voice as possible because mm-hmm. I am one to ride my voice like I stole it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> did, I, I think Triple H found out about that first. first oh, hand, didn't he? Yes, he did. My first time meeting Triple H, and I was like, Hello, Paul. Oh, your voice sounds funny. Huh? Shut up, mate. I'll do a Noah joke. It sounded like Ron Manager from the fast <laughs> show. <laughs> that was my big audition to be the lead commentator on Raw. And uh, hello, 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 Triple H. Did you need a dramatic voice? Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, if you project it, protect it. I can highly recommend um, a lot of stuff for the voice, not the TV show. You get behind the counter at uh, pharmacies like Boots and stuff like that. Uh, for example, Vocal Zone, which mm-hmm. I believe is only behave- available behind the counter, mm. uh, which are like disgusting little lozenges. That are brilliant for just opening up the chords again and soothing mm-hmm. your voice and stuff. Uh, strepsils maybe, but if you have, but your temptation is to have like three or four, and it just completely numbs your, yeah. your throat. And and that's normally not the solution. You, you I, I get told, oh, take some strepsils to numb the pain, but I'm not in any pain. I've just got no voice. Yeah. Um. So avoid them unless your throat's sore. Uh, and Sanderson's throat specific, which we have some in the office. <laughs> have you? I've shown you this, haven't I? This is is this the one that um. It tastes like cat piss. Yes, this, it tastes like cat piss. It's disgusting. But you know what? For bringing your voice back from the dead, it's really effective. The only one that I'd ever been told was I was at a wedding in California a few years ago and went overboard um, singing Michael McDonald songs. Of course. Completely blew out my voice. Um, and one of my friends who was getting married, she's... Um, you know, stage, singer, actor, all that. So she was with all the, like, theatre mates. And I was just like, what? That's good. That's good for yourself. <laughs> and they all just said zinc. Yeah, you mentioned zinc to zinc. me. So yeah. I got some zinc tablets and took them, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, these are, are horrible. And they're like, yeah, you got to get, like, zinc with, like, lime. And I was like, thanks for telling me that. <laughs> my tongue's gone grey again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, zinc tablets, but if you can get them flavoured, because pure zinc is horrible. <laughs> and we don't want to live in a world without zinc now, we do we? S- no, we don't. We bloody well. You always say that. We really don't. <laughs> you always say that. Uh, in terms of like delivery and stuff, um, don't be afraid of, uh, if you have an accent, don't be afraid of it. Yeah. A lot of people think they have to stifle the accent and really they don't. Um, and uh, project, talk from the diaphragm. Yes. Sound out words. <laughs> also, a good tip that I was taught from a radio friend of mine um, was when you're writing, when you're reading a script, if you feel like you're talking too slowly, you're probably talking about the right speed. Oh, okay. So feel like if it feels like you're going a bit slow, it's probably right. Sometimes people, you know, if if you feel uncomfortable reading something, you tend to blast through it. And if you're on um, live broadcast, don't say cock or minge. No, No. unless you're on the cock or minge show. Yeah, yeah. In which case you have to say that. If if your name's 
Stephen Cock. And Jeb Minge. That's fine. <laughs> Those them tips. I'm sorry, I just took that low brow. But <laughs> the rest of Tom's advice is sterling. No, they're both it's all it's all advice that you can take or leave. Um do you remember we we had a con- uh, conversation about concussions. <laughs> um, I'm surprised I can remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, uh, we had some concussion stories. <laughs> oh God! I think we kind of. I, I I think now now. Please don't be. You know, don't don't take it the wrong way because I think I think I might. I can't remember how I said it because literally as soon as this podcast is recorded, it's on its way to the moon, and in my head's three three episodes ahead, so I forget. <laughs> I feel like it's that sounds like something that I might have said as like a oh, send us a concussion story. But people have sent concussion stories. I know. I'm glad to hear them. Which I'm I'm, I'm happy to hear them too. So thank you very much for Cause, these. Because I am getting worried about myself now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob from Southampton. Um, Southern Tory voter here. I hope Patrice's work for the party is going well in the north. Writing to regale you with stories of concussions from my teens. First, we start in year seven science class. It's sex education. The TV is wheeled out in front of the class. Oh, my gosh. Today, we are learning about the wonders of childbirth. Now, as a young British bulldog-fearing lad, I I was rather squeamish. As the video progresses, we are presented with a full frontal shot of the baby emerging. With the framing and the lack of cutaways, Kevin Dunn could learn a thing or two about video <laughs> editing from it. Muggins here starts to feel queasy and passes out. Now, you may remember the tall science stalls from school. Mm. I'm currently sat on one. I fall forward, hit the bridge of my nose against my desk in front, uh, in the front and face plant the floor. I wake up in a puddle of blood, broken nose, chopped teeth and a concussion. The first thing I hear, he's dead! <laughs> I'm wheeled out on a wheelchair, concussed and taken to the medical room. Wow. Never become a gynecologist. Second, a few years later, we're attending a local uh, pride festival. It's a particularly windy day and we are in a big field. I'm walking along with my partner at the time and across the field, I notice a large gazebo has blown over. It's so British. Thinking nothing of it, I turn away before looking back. We're laughing with Rob, not at. This is where the gazebo hits me metal bar in the face and knocks me clean out. I'm awake, feeling like I've drank a bottle of paint thinners to my partner and a lovely gentleman, full beard, in hindsight, it looked a bit like Tom, dressed as Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz are next to me. Dorothy gets me up off the ground and proceeds to sing to me and give me a big box of Johnny's before dancing off. What, an angel? (laughs) An actual guardian angel? I hope they gave you a laugh. Yes. No question, but I am riveted by Jack's egg tally. Thanks, (laughs) Rob from Southampton. I was... um... Because we're, we're a couple of days shy of the end of November when we're recording this, so I've not got updated numbers. But I can't wait until either the last podcast of this year or the first podcast of 2023. Oh. So I can be like, right, here, here were the numbers for 2022. Let's see if we can break that record. I like that. I think, yeah, yeah we'll we'll make a big deal of the, the, the official announcement of the egg tally. Might get a banner made. I won't. We will. <laughs> Uh, Dear Tom and the rambunctious Jack Yolanda, this is from James. Hello, James. Hello, Um, James. I don't know if you were serious about what a concussion story is, but I've never known you to be disingenuous. (laughs) So here we go. In the 2000s, I was a wrestler around the Northeast. I had regular matches with a giant that is still wrestling now. In most of those matches, he would do a maneuver where he would stamp on the back of my head. Not to spoil the magic, 
but it always felt pretty gentle. That I nicknamed the I nicknamed it the White Flash. All fun and games, right? After I stopped, I later found out that one of the symptoms of a concussion is a white flash in your eyes, as your brain is violently jolted against the brain casing. So I've probably had concussions well into the double figures and had no idea. Sorry for the unintentionally serious tone. I'm telling you this because I do recall it fondly, but I t- <laughs> Don't think it's affected me, Penguin. Making light of head trauma is not okay, but it's my own, so I'll go for it. Uh, Jackie, one additional query. Do you have a poacher, or do you make your eggs free-floating? Free-floating. 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 There you go. Would you consider a poacher? If someone Uh, got your poacher for Christmas, would you dismiss it? I wouldn't dismiss it, but I've just... I actually changed up my technique this week because I was going through a poor run of form, so I just changed it up slightly. Ooh, how did you mix up your technique? Well, what I I usually do is... Classic raw review. (laughs) Crack an egg onto a, a small plate, do the swirl, drop one in. While it's still swirling, swirling, crack another one, put it in. But instead, I've gone to a slightly larger plate, cracked both onto the plate and dropped them at the same time. So you're doing them at the same time rather than so, giving one a head start. Yeah, so it gets it would get better consistency, better texture. I like and that. A better yeah. Egg, yeah, so it means that when you're, you're spinning them, mm. there's, it's a bit more yeah. thicker. Yeah. Nice. Do you lose out on... Portion size, I guess you don't, do you? No, no, no. Same amount of egg. It's just, it's actually just more contained because sometimes if you put one in and then the other one, it doesn't cling to the egg. It just kind of goes a bit. Would you then chop it in half and then put it on two pieces of sourdough or does it just, those two eggs go on one piece of sourdough? Well, my, as we were saying before, my, uh, I've started cutting my sourdough lengthways to get rid of the little redundant end bits that mm. no one can use and I've got a long toaster so I now put two eggs on the one long bit oh. but even though I put them in at the same time they don't like form together they still stay as separate eggs would you consider getting one of those toasters that does the egg at the same time We, when we were looking at toasters the other day Sean just went there's one here that does beans on the side <laughs> and I, was like, I was like for fuck's sake <laughs> oh shit yeah but if it did eggs you'd, you'd be gung-ho I would, yeah. <laughs> You'd be gung-ho. I would, yeah. <laughs> Classic at cultaholic.com should you wish to pop by and say hi. Thank you for your, your abundant emails this week. It's been lovely. Um, in a minute, Jackie Orlando is going to walk us through this week's wrestling headlines uh, from the week May 20th to May 26th, 1996. I'll mm-hmm. give you some real-world bollocks before we get into there. Um, number one in the UK music charts is Boy George. Sorry, George Michael Fastlove. Not Boy George. George Michael Fastlove. Um, US music number one in the Billboard charts, it's still Bone Thugs and Harmony, The Crossroads. Well, that's new because you said last week that it was going to be. Did did I? I thought I said last week it was. No, you said last Ooh. week it was last week of Mariah Carey. And what a fucking song! Whoa, the, the Crossroads. crossroads. <laughs> well, I'll do a very quick little fact find for you because I thought I I, I think because I was preparing my my notes in advance, I thought I'd already talked about it. No, no, because you, oh. you said it was one where you went, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Brand spanking new week. Okay, so yeah. Bone Thugs and Harmony are top of the charts uh, with the song The Crossroads. Written and performed by the group, uh, produced by Tim Middleton. Uh, now, the the song itself, um, it's pretty much about you know mourning the yeah. people who have passed. Yeah. That's that's the whole. You know, it's not it's not exactly a, uh, a subtle message that they throw in there. Um, the uh, it was it, now originally it was on uh, the their album back in 1995. And they released it at this particular point. Um, it was dedicated to Bones' uh, friend Wallace Laird III, Wally, who passed away. 
Uh, and they, after the passing of Easy E, another member of Bone Thumbs and Harmony, they decided to remake it and call it The Crossroads rather than The Crossroads. Mm. You know, gangstery and stuff. The original song appears on the edited version of the album, although the European release has uh, is it's track number eight randomly, and there's a remix track number eighteen. Do with that what you will. Okay. Um, it actually got re-released in 2019. Oh, did it? Yeah. It didn't really do a whole lot, though. But first time round, uh, a hit worldwide, top of the Billboard chart straight away. Number one in the New Zealand singles chart as well. Um, it's been certified double platinum in the US and yeah. platinum in New Zealand as well. And uh, ranked 33 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of Hip Hop. It's a very, very popular song. And it got covered by Blazing Squad in the UK as it well. It did indeed, yeah. yeah. So Blazing Squad... Uh, they did it as well, which probably the version, if you're listening in the UK, that might be the one that you're more familiar with, whether you like it or not. Uh, it didn't so much get released, it escaped. Um, <laughs> it is indeed, yes, basically, yeah, the, yeah the, the Blazing Squad version. Yeah. Um, how many members of Blazing Squad were there? Or 15 or someone stupid, wasn't it? Who would win a fight between Blazing Squad and So Solid Crew? <laughs> so Solid Crew, <laughs> easily. Do you know what always annoyed me about So Solid Crew? Go on. They did that song called 21 Seconds. Tup, tup, tup. Yeah. <laughs> I got 21 seconds to go. 21 seconds to go. They didn't say anything. They, they talked, they, for their 21 seconds, they talked about the urgency of only having 21 seconds to go. Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 use the time. Me. Use the time for Mine. whatever you need to use it for. It's fine. But they didn't. That's, that's okay. No, no. I was like, come on. You've, or you've, you're belly ached about not having enough time, but <laughs> you're now going, oh, I've only got 21 seconds. Well, use it then to talk. It just annoys me. 21 seconds. <laughs> anyway, Bone Thugs and <laughs> Harmony. Uh, Twister is number one in the US cinema. Mm -hmm. Executive Decision is number one in the UK. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, here's a little bit of news. On the day of this episode of Monday Night Raw, mm. when the day this goes out, uh, a song is released off the Raw Epic Record label as an anthem for the impending European Football Cup. The FA asked Ian Brody of the Lightning Seeds to compose a song to capture the heart of the Euros being held in England. He composed a melody and asks the hosts of popular UK TV show Fantasy Football League, David Baddiel and Frank Skinner, to write the lyrics. From here, Three Lions is officially born. It is released this week. It'll be number one next week. Okay. It's coming home. It's coming home. Football's coming home. Yes. So on this day. Have you heard the new version? I haven't. It gave me secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's, oh, football's coming home for Christmas. So they took jingle bells in there. There's a right. child's choir. And there's a, I'm going to pull up the lyrics because like, like I, when you, they, 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 they treat, they lead you down a path like they're going to make some big political statement. <laughs> And then they don't. I don't know how I've not heard of this because one of Sean's best mates is in the Lightning Seeds. Really? So I don't know how I've not heard this. Oh, I feel yeah. like, and this isn't a dig on the Lightning Seeds. Oh no! Give I'm me just... sugar-coated icebergs every day. It's a uh, her, her former bandmate Adele has just joined the Lightning Seeds. I think 2020, 2021, and then obviously because of football's coming home, just. Capturing the zeitgeist again. She's oh. been permanently on tour. So she's like, fuck it, I'll, I'll play anything. Keep me on tour. It's fine. Just keep Mexico it. at some point. Wow, that's amazing. I love that. Like, and I love and I bet three lions look I bet they they love the fact that it's kept them kept them ticking over. Well, I mean, Ian Brody will be getting all the money from that one, I think. <laughs> 
Do you reckon? You yeah. might, I thought you might get a little bit. I'm trying to find the lyrics here. There's a website here that says they got the lyrics, but I think it's lying to me. Um, because there's a bit where they talk about, obviously, the World Cup being held in Qatar. Yeah. And they say, you know, oh, you know, we had some questions about that. Yeah, yeah. It's very hot and far away. No, those weren't the questions that we had about the Qatar World Cup. <laughs> I'm going mm. to try and find the lyrics in a bit. Um but we'll move on. But I'll try and find the lyrics for it in a bit and I'll show you what I mean. Yeah, I, d- I didn't know that was even a thing. So I only is. heard it for the first time this morning. Uh, it, I heard it on the radio this morning and I went, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, no. Yeah. No. Uh, Alex and I tend to do a thing where we hear something like that and we don't like it and we go, oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank no, you. Thank that's you. that's fine. The first one is a classic. Yeah. This one. Uh, this is the third one, though, isn't mm. it? Because there was three lines, 98. Oh, shit. It was, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, this is the third one. They missed the lionesses in there, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, but then they say, "Oh, Qatar, um, <laughs> oh Qatar, oh Qatar hero." Um, May twenty second, so just a couple of days after Monday night, rawr, um, Paramount Pictures uh, officially opened a massive movie worldwide. Do you know what movie this might be? Paramount. No. Uh, this would be the first Mission Impossible movie. Ah, uh, yeah, because it's mentioned in this episode. Of... Mm. I can't believe it's not butter. I can't believe it. I was just like, this is surely butter. I bought this from <laughs> Butter King. David, I want my money back. <laughs> but it says Butter King above the door. Oh, no. <laughs> Scandal. Gets, gets a bagger out and just types, I can't believe it. <laughs> he spells cart, K-A-I-K-A-R-N-E-T. <laughs> can't. But B-U-L-E-E-V. It's, it's it, not. T-Z. Not, but... <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that the franchise is still going strong because I've seen the first one and a bit of the second one, that's about it. It's still going. Still a thing. Fair fucks. Uh, Paramount owned the rights to the TV series and and for years wanted to make a TV, make, make a movie version, uh, but just couldn't find a treatment that worked. Um, yeah. Enter Tom Cruise, who'd been a fan of the show since he was young and thought, hey, we can make a film with that. Um, and he, along with Paramount, worked on the Mission Impossible movie, and $70 million later, the franchise is underway. And yeah. off we go to the races with the first Mission Impossible movie. And Emilio Estevez gets killed in like the first five minutes, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. And I had... One of my exes was... One of them of the list. Of um, she, she was a, a big fan of like uh, old TV, like loved like original Twilight Zone, loved original Mission Impossible. And when she actually, she didn't see the Tom Cruise one for many years. And then when she watched it, she was uh, annoyed at what they did to some of the OG characters from the TV series. She was like, Roland Hand would never do that. <laughs> or whoever it was. But um, Yeah, it, they kind of, it, it's Mission Impossible in name and soundtrack alone. Yeah. Really, isn't it? It has the, you know, it's, it's the iconic music. Everyone what, knows what the, a soundtrack. Everyone knows the music, but sometimes you have to flog your memory to remember much else mm. other than dun 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 What great bit of music? Well, I, yeah. I, 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 I want the story behind that music. I want to know the story behind the, the iconic. Like when somebody went, oh, I need to make some music. Dun 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 Oh, I slipped. Hang on. Oh, hang on a minute. Dun 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 dun
Oh, we've done it! Give me the money! Get Bedeal and Skinner on the phone! <laughs> Three lions on a shirt. <laughs> uh, that's the real world boring bollocks. What about the cool wrestling bollocks? What a week this is. This is such an iconic week in wrestling that if you're one of those, that we talked about you on the SmackDown review, that looks at the album art whilst watching the podcast... <laughs> Uh, you'll know what this week's all about because I put it in the album up. Oh, bloody hell. Mm-hmm. So, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, dated May 27th, 1996. There's a big whole thing about UFC to kick it off because at the time, this wasn't a big thing that no. we're about to talk about. So there's a big UFC thing, new king of the super fighters. Um... Dan Severin? Dan Severin. Don Fry made his debut, etc., etc. And then just after a big spiel about UFC... <laughs> The final appearances of Diesel and Razor Ramon in the WWF came in a strange curtain call finale of the click before the first indoor non-pay-per-view house in WWF history to top $300,000 on May 19th in Madison Square. May Garden. 19th? May 19th! That's why I was sad! <laughs> <laughs> so That was when I became Diesel. Oh, no. Don't want to be a dentist again, Dad. So a bit of preamble before. Don't want to be a truck. I want to be a dentist. I want to to look at (laughs) sea. You'll be a... Um, (laughs) This was the Garden's second straight sellout. The first time that happened in 11 years. 18,000 fans, 16,564, paying $319,000. Saw what many were saying was the best MSG house show since WrestleMania 10. So the big news on the show was uh, a tag team title match between the Godwins and the Bonnie Donners, which we'll touch upon later. But obviously, Diesel and Razor Ramon on the way out. In their final appearances before starting with WCW mid-June, they were the recipients of chants of, you sold out and please don't go by a decent percentage <laughs> of the crowd. That seemed to notice their final show. the by the audience. Yeah, you sold out. Like, you know, don't leave, but fuck off. <laughs> So, uh, Razor Ramon was uh, working... Um, oh, who's this? Hunter Hearst Helmsley! <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was meant to be taking on Goldust, but Goldust's knee is still a bit, you know, crap. Um, but Ramon was booed, heavily booed, and after he did the job, did a loud you sold out chant. After the match, he grabbed the house mic, and before he could get more than a few heads out, panicked WWF officials, since this wasn't part of the show, cut off the power. <laughs> Put, turn the big light off immediately. Oh, 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 just, just, just ignore him. If you him, can't see him, then he's not there. Apparently, all it was was Razor Ramon saying something to the effect of, say goodbye to the bad guy. Um, however, it wasn't over for the bad guy just yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After a very strong main event cage match where Shawn Michaels beat Diesel to keep the WWF title, it was time for the curtain call. So Michaels had won the match by walking out of the cage after laying Diesel out with the super kick. After the match, Michaels kissed Diesel, who revived like the frog kissed by the princess, Dave Meltzer's words, <laughs> and the two hugged in the ring. Diesel got a lot more cheers during the main event than most would have figured, although Michaels was still the most popular wrestler on the show. Razor Ramon and fellow Click member Triple H then came to the ring and the four got on all four posts, gave the Click hand signals to the fans, some of whom were teary-eyed and saying it was one of the best moments of wrestling MSG in years. Supposedly, this final display wasn't approved by WWF officials, but it got over great with the audience, so little will probably result from it. (laughs) It's not like this is a chaos theory point in wrestling history. (laughs) 
that without this, we may not have got the second coming of Christ, the good hand in the mid cards thing. I love, I love when the observer tells us something like this. When oh. they go, Some guy called Cliff Johnson, I think you'll be all right. Uh. Um, so apparently, however, there were other wrestlers who were very unhappy at what they considered a kayfabe violation. No names are mentioned. I'm guessing probably The Undertaker and Bradshaw. I got some <laughs> names. Have you? Yes, okay. I did a little bit of digging. So Jim Cornette, Gerald Briscoe. Oh, yeah. Livid. Time. Steve Austin's upset. Yeah. Bret Hart's upset. Bret was there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he might, or, or maybe he was upset away from there. Uh, Bob Holly was upset. Oh, fucking, yeah, Bob. All right. Bulldog was livid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, whoa! What are you angry about? I don't know. We're all angry. I want to be, be in the gang. <laughs> Can I tip a table? <laughs> Can I throw a bin? Not for a few more years, David. Let's <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to beat X-Pac. Who's him? I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> Where'd you get that name from? I don't know. I just knew it. <gasps> oh, boy. This is, um, that's right. The new, the, the new story arc for British Bulldog. He's a time splitter. <laughs> but he doesn't quite remember what he knows and how he knows it. He has visions like, a, <laughs> he has visions like Apollo Crews. I've had a premonition, but, but, but because it's Bulldog, no one fucking listens to it. <laughs> but, Brett, I've had a premonition. Don't go to Montreal. <laughs> what do you mean? I've got a new image of Earl calling the submission, but you didn't tap. Don't be silly, Earl's my friend. Calm down, Davey, man. <laughs> no, don't go to Montreal. Do it ever. <laughs> Stay out of Canada. <laughs> come, come live with me in, in Wigan, it's fine. <laughs> we've got, I've got some room in the mine for you. So I had to pack your bags, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the curtain call happened. <laughs> mm. This is going to be this is going to be huge. Um, uh, yeah, and there's some other click fallout from this um, show as well. The other click member, one, two, three, kid. He wasn't at the show because you'd think. If there's a curtain call, you'd think Sean Walt would be there. Mm. He wasn't at the show in ISG. His future of the company is somewhat in question after he showed up at the Superstars taping on April 30th in no condition to perform and won't be back until June at the earliest. Mm. Now, I said a couple of weeks ago that we'd seen the last of the 123 kid, but we do see him on this episode of Raw. Spoiler. Mm. But... I was also technically right back then because it had already been recorded. So yeah, this was. is in the car. This is so, so I was both right and wrong at the same time. Come at me. <laughs> so, um, Do you want a few other little bits about the curtain call? Have you got some more bits to go for the curtain call? I've got a few other little No, bits. no, hit me, hit me with curtain call. I, was, I, was in it, uh, so I did a little bit of digging around. Do you want to know about the conversation that Sean had when he walked to the back? Yes, please. Uh, Sean walked to the back. Um, oh, before that, so they didn't they didn't plan, like they didn't tell Vince what was going to happen. No. So Razor goes out there, and then Hunter kind of, Hunter's in Gorilla, and he says, can I go out there? And Vince says nothing. Everyone's furious, and Hunter goes, I'll start it, I'm going out. <laughs> so then he runs out, and then Sean comes back through, and apparently, according to sources, um, when Sean came back through, Vince said, was that moment important to you? And Sean said, yes, it was. And then Vince said, then it's important to me. Triple H comes through and goes, what the fuck are you doing, Hunter? <laughs> oh, now, now, you're right in what you say that, like, you know, nothing <laughs> should come of it because Vince is pretty chill about it. Yeah. Because he wants to keep Sean happy, but his hand is going to be forced at the In Your House Beware of Dog event. Mm. You know, where 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 there where there will be a meeting held that, as you say, will be a chaos yeah. theory, chaos event that will flap the butterfly's wings for many years to come. 
Um, the curtain call was filmed by Jason Cosmides and Manny Motardi. Uh, they are WWF fans from the New York area who lastminute.com thought we'll go to the MSG show, grab some tickets on the door. Yeah. Uh, they snuck in their camera because you're not meant to take your camera in. They snuck it in. They Her- do that quite a bit. It's because Herculean effort because in 1996. Like- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I imagine he wore like a big Stetson. <laughs> oh, it's a Texas man. Hello, I'm a Texas man. I've been selling oil to people <laughs> and eating ribs. <laughs> oh, fellow, fellow Texan. Come on through. <laughs> Uh, WWE invited them to an episode of Raw where they were surprised, surprised by Triple H, Razor, Ramon, and X-Pac about 10 years later. Mm. 10 years? Maybe 15 years later. Uh, policemen then arrested them for a prank. <laughs> <laughs> the videos on WWE's YouTube channel of, of like them speaking to the camera and then Triple H going, you know, piracy's a crime. So get in here, guys. And the policemen arrest them, put them in cuffs, <laughs> take them. And just as they go out of eye shot, Triple H goes, hey, guys, come back. We're just kidding, you dirty pirates. It must be. It must be a weird one because obviously, oh no, there would have been WWF cameras that night, wouldn't there? Because I was going to say the footage of the curtain call has been shown so much. Yeah. Would WWF have to lease it from these fellas or would they be like, you illegally filmed it so we're just taking it? I but would they I have would their Im- own cameras. I would imagine that they just said, look, you filmed that illegally. We'll press charges or you can give us the footage. <laughs> Yeah, for future recall, maybe. Barry Dudinsky will give you 20% off a hat, though. <laughs> hey, it's cheap if you see Earl Hebner in the car. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was my, uh, that was a little tidbit to throw in on top of... A nice bit of... The, uh, the curtain call. Well, we've got a few more bits from the uh, MSG show. So reports are that Jim Helwig is easier to get along with this time than he was in the past. Ah, Helwig did arrive two hours late for an autograph <laughs> session the day of the MSG Fuck. show, though. <laughs> oh, they are Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Uh, also at MSG, Steve Austin pinned Jake Roberts in about three minutes. After the match, Austin told Roberts he was washed up and challenged him to another match. Austin then pinned him again. In Dave's words, I guess they are going to use Roberts' name value to give the younger guys some credibility, which you have to give Roberts credit for as a team player since his days as a headliner are over. I wonder if Jake Roberts and Steve Austin will ever wrestle again. No, don't be silly. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you want some Japan bollocks? Of course. So... Big Japan Pro Wrestling is bringing in the latest Terrible Ted, the wrestling bear from Atlanta for a three-week tour in July. <laughs> wrestling bears named Terrible Ted and Victor were actually decent attractions in some regional promotions during the 60s, but they pretty well had faded away by the 70s. In some cases, legislated out, and in other cases, the audience got too sophisticated to buy the acts, <laughs> as it isn't like the bears could be taught to do high spots. <laughs> So now, I know, I, I've seen a bear doing a hurricane rana before. I know that one of the terrible Teds lived in the Hart House, didn't it? It's <laughs> got stretched by Stu on a just daily basis. Stu's just like, oh, I'm going to, going in the basement for three hours to hang out with Ted. We're going to have some cigarettes. I'll feed him some fish and I'll beat fuck out of him for <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> As Ted goes towards the fridge, Bulldog goes, Don't go! I've had a premonition! If you go downstairs, <laughs> still stretch fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, I made that one up. I didn't want to meet my gato. Oh. <laughs> Bulldog covered in chocolate, <laughs> sitting on his undies, shoveling a full gato into his face. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, Bruce walks in. Uh, Bulldog, what are you doing? No, Bruce, I've had a premonition. The world's going to end unless you drop us off at the pictures. <laughs> 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 dog using it for his evil gains. <laughs> no, Bruce, I've had a premonition. You, you, you're definitely going to break the toilet with a big shit later, and it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be near it at the time, uh, but it'll be you. <laughs> no one will believe you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bulldog. A weird, <laughs> a weird bit of news this week from ECW. Yeah. So before the curtain call. On May 18th, a show in Allentown, um, I've missed out, Pennsylvania, that's it. I've put Allentown A, I missed out the P. <laughs> on the undercard, big titan Rick Bogner came out in a total Razor Ramon get-up as Slice and Dice Ramirez with the toothpick and slicked hair and Cuban accent. Ooh! So I don't know, has Vince already struck up a relationship with Heyman at this point? Or is this just weird serendipity? Oh, that's a really good question. Because this might be one of those where Vince's like, oh, what do we do? Has the idea for a thing that hasn't happened yet. And someone must have went, oh, there's a guy in ECW who can do it. Mm, I'm not sure. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to flog my memory and think <laughs> if there's been any ECW crossovers. I'm sure there must have been. Because there will be the end of 96. Yeah, yeah, we've got stuff on the boil. So are we suggesting here that maybe Vince McMahon said, let's do a... a Give this guy a run out. Possibly. Fake Razor Ramon. Possibly. Because we own the gimmick. Yeah. So let's just make somebody else Razor Ramon. Slice and Dice Ramirez, which is a great Slice name. Slice and Dice Ramirez. That's amazing. Yeah. I could also see it being a bit of bollocks that Paul Heyman would do yeah. just to take the mick. Yeah. Like he did the BWO. It, it's one like of the, that. Yeah, it is one of those. It's either Heyman's done it as a piss take knowing that Ramon's out of the company. Mm. Or Vince has been like, hey, hey, John, do us a favor here. See how this goes over. Mm. Mm. Well, look, actually, we should look into that. So a couple of WCW bits, and then we can get on with Raw. Mm. So unfortunately this week, Renegade has been dispatched from the company. So Aww. there'll be no more Renegade, which is just, just a 
really sad story, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Really? Uh, Brian Clark, brackets Adam Bomb, denies he's going to WCW as part of Blood Runs Cold. <laughs> there were also rumors that Hikushi would be part of the three-man team. And in Dave's words, he's pretty sure that isn't the case either. Hikushi's WWF contract probably wouldn't expire until late November at the earliest. He was at the MSG show on May 19th with his wife and new baby and talked about returning to the company. The only name that Dave knows for sure is going to be part of, as he's called it, the three-man ninja force is David Ashford Smith, who was last in WCW a few years back as Yoshi Kwan, better known as Chris Champion. And I looked and he, he's not part of Blood Runs Cold. Mm. And I don't think he returns to WCW. Oh. So, um, but Dave was very confident that... Very confident, yeah. This was going to be the way to go. So, But two names possibly coming into WCW. Chavito Guerrero, son of Chavo Guerrero and nephew of Eddie, got a tryout at the Nitro tapings, but haven't heard how he did. Mm. And WCW are talking about bringing in Chris Jericho maybe later in 1996. Uh, mm. He's currently know. in ECW. I don't think he'll do much in the I, industry. No, I don't think he'll he'll still be kicking around in 2022. But uh, that, that's everything from the mm. Observer. The spicy, we're spicy world of wrestling this week. As uh, Ross Twell said, best part. Bill Smiles, Bill Smiles. Uh, let us get into Monday Night Raw for That's May the 20th, 1996. And they do chuck a lot of footage our way about the Madison Square Garden show. Yeah. Everything but the main thing that everybody's talking about. Um, I don't mind them doing this because they often say, oh, you know, anything can happen at a house show. But yeah. if they do drop in bits occasionally, it's an effective tool to say, Buy tickets and come to our show. So definitely, no I think problem. I think it's important to do. I think yeah. that you have to chuck these little things in on live events. They they currently have a nice system now where you have Saturday night's main event and then um, Sunday stunner. Yeah, on a weekend, and you can just if you wanted to have a bit of fun with that. Quick title change here and there. I don't think anybody would be too sad. Yeah. Uh, so the opening does feature footage from the MSG show from last night. Vince promising to tell us all about it. I doubt he'll tell us all of it. Um, but he does enigmatically reveal that Sonny and the Body Donners kissed the tag team championships goodbye mm. in, in, in what they hoped would be the only major angle to come out of <laughs> the Madison Square Garden show. <coughs> uh, let's go to our first match of the night. It is Steve Austin. Uh, we're joined by Ted DiBiase in the ring to face Mark Merrow with Sable. Now, the camera focused almost exclusively on Sable through the entrance. Did you notice this? I did. Uh, and Jerry Lawler said, don't worry, it's just her face that's out of focus. I'm intrigued as to why Jerry Lawler, uh, known philanderer, uh, decides just to attempt negging on Sable and Sable alone. <laughs> Is it because she's face? Might be. But then he's he just... Yeah, I might, actually, you know what? That's probably in keeping because he was very rude to Alundra, Alundra Blaze yeah. when she was on the main roster. I've, I've realised what it is about Sable because we say that she's a bit of a charisma vacuum. She doesn't act with her eyes. Ooh. She does everything with, like, well, like the girls and stuff, but the eyes are a bit like, I'm sorry, Kelly Kelly, but, like, just... They look a bit dead. Yeah. A bit dead behind she the eyes. She doesn't emote from the nose up, basically. <laughs> but everything else is moving the way it should. A bit like a video game character. Yeah. Just can't quite read them. Uh, a very even affair that sees Mera using some high-flying energy, while Austin is just very rough and ready. A lot of heavy strikes to Mera to keep him down. Uh, Vince warns Mark Mero that if he takes too many shots to the face, he may end up looking like Helmsley. Because Helmsley's got a big nose. Ha-ha, <laughs> you're getting demoted, lad. Uh, <laughs> long headlock rest spot uh, from Austin onto Mero until Mero gets back up. He has a one final flurry coming here. We see dead Ted DiBiase trip Mero which stops his momentum. 
Savio Vega then hits the ring moments later as Austin's on the top rope and Vega starts whipping Austin with the strap. This leads to the ref throwing the whole match out and Steve heads to the back. Mark Merrow bloody livid with Savio Vega as we cut away from our opening match. Uh, just some rough cliff notes there, but what have you? What do you reckon to it? Decent, nothing special, but like we keep saying, it's nice to see the mid card built up. And I like the fact that Merrow was angry. I yeah. hate, I hate gormless babyface. Like, ah, oh, I didn't get battered. Yay! He's just like, you cost me the match, asshole. Mm. Two bits that I liked from this. WCW running wild. This is the first singles match since September 1994 for Austin versus, well, the former Johnny B. Bad. Oh, uh, but I never thought of that. There's a bit where Mero has got Austin in a sleeper hold, so Austin hits a stunner. And Vince just shouts, what a maneuver! Oh. And Mark Mero kicks out at two. And I'm just like, fucking frame that, mate. You're never kicking out of a stunner again, are I you? must admit, I never, I didn't spot that. I yeah. didn't spot the, the 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 stunner chucked in there for good measure. It wasn't the most exciting match. It was very house showy, but it, it, it did a job fine. Mm, it did what it needed to do. Exactly, yeah. Wait, your thoughts? Uh, I, again, very much like yourself, I... I think it was a nice way to get over Austin, but they find themselves in a position where, like, they put two people in, and this is this is a bit of a, a, a theme of the night. They put two people in the ring together that can't really afford to take a loss. Yeah, um, Steve Austin, you know, they're they're building him up as a good hand in the mid card, and he's got a big pay per view match against Savio Vega, Mark Mero, who's on a roll at the moment. They don't want him to take any pinfall losses, so we get this sort of DQ nonsense instead, mm. and that'll be uh, prevalent in our main event as well. Yeah. Uh, we get a video package from the WWF's tour of the Middle East. Uh, Vince is talking about the people in Kuwait losing their freedoms to Iraqi aggressors as we see Ahmed Johnson in his all-American workout gear, mingling with the fans, holding a child while crying. The fans love Ahmed. He's the hero of Kuwait. It's it's like Drew McIntyre in Glasgow. <laughs> no, it, Drew McIntyre in Cardiff. It's when, when this video started, though, and it just kind of like crossed the zones between like image of a tank and just a shelled house with just Ahmed staring out of a hole. <laughs> <laughs> like he did it. Yeah. <laughs> Dressed in a full America suit, holding two children. They don't acknowledge it. But even though it was a puff piece, they've done so well at building up Ahmed Johnson. Oh, and they make him the star of this um, tour of the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, as they talk about, as they show photos of him and videos of him uh, in and amongst people within Kuwait, uh, they then show clips from the shows they did. The shows look massive. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Look like, like a big venue, like a really well lit, well put together venue. And uh, Ahmed Johnson, who wins the 16-man Kuwaiti Invitational Tournament. Yeah. Uh, so in, we'll see this mentioned on other show, on other episodes of uh, Classic Raw Review, the Kuwaiti Cup. Yeah. We, I think we, we we ran through the tournament brackets last time we were together uh, for the Kuwaiti Cup, but it's Ahmed Johnson that, that wins the whole flipping thing. They mm. really get really sort of wrapping the rocket to Ahmed. Talking about Ahmed Johnson and tournaments, uh, it was then announced next week, wasn't it? We've got Ahmed mm. versus Vader. In a King of the Ring 1996 opening match. Yeah, or as well as that, Goldust is facing the ultimate warrior oh. in a King of the Ring opening match. Oh, dear. So the King of the Ring, looking intriguing. Uh, Pixar that Hunter Hearst Helms is going to win it this year. Mm. I'm sure that'll be fine. Uh, uh, so we, after the Vader and Goldust and the... Uh, sorry, the, the Goldust and Ultimate Warrior announcement, they cut to footage of a... <laughs> of a comic book store. Yeah. Where the queue is out all the way up the street, because inside is the Ultimate Warrior without face paint, signing copies of his brand new self-penned comic book, Warrior. Oh, I will say here, if you haven't seen it already, OSW did a 
full video on the Warrior comic, and it's magic. I the same thing. Oh, yeah. it's, oh, do a phenomenal it's deep dive so on good. It. And it was nice hearing Vince going, oh, learn all about destrucity and <laughs> learning about yourself. <laughs> it's just, fuck me. Vince tries his best to make some semblance of the bollocks oh, in that comic book. God, I, yeah. It's just, I, I mean, like, <laughs> bless, God bless the guys at OSW Review who do a big deep dive into it. And like, there's those... The book comic book starts with two pages that explains Destrucity. I think it was I think it was OC who just went. I tried three times to read it. And I just <laughs> can't keep concentrating on it because not only is it like just a lot of warrior bollocks, but it's all written in like a really weird font on a really busy background. <laughs> so it's like this is a nightmare yeah. to to edit, to read, to do anything with. Like you say that Dave Meltzer writes like jazz. Ultimate Warrior writes like fucking grindcore. It's just <laughs> coke fueled grindcore. <laughs> Jerry Lawler is upset that the Warrior didn't get him to do the artwork. This will lend itself to a feud between the Ultimate Warrior and Jerry Lawler because we're still putting Lawler in fucking feuds. And we're putting Ultimate Warrior in baseball caps for oh, some reason. Oh my God. <laughs> that's a thing that's on the horizon. Uh, Savio Vegas back out. He's carrying his whip and swinging it around. Like, yeah. Sorry, not a whip. It's his Caribbean strap, which he used to batter Austin with just now. Uh, he is facing the one, two, three kid who has Ted DiBiase in his corner. DiBiase brings out a chauffeur's hat. He does. Uh, because in case you missed it last week, uh, the Caribbean strap match between the uh, the Savio Vega and the Steve Austin uh, features the stipulation where the win if Savio Vega wins, Ted DiBiase becomes his chauffeur. But if Steve Austin wins, Savio Vega becomes Ted DiBiase's chauffeur. Right. It's a chauffeur on a pole match. Wait, you said Savio Vega was against the one, two, three kid. I did. I could have swore this was six. Oh, he does certainly look sick. Mm. And like six. Well, we were saying the other week that he looked a bit gaunt, but he comes out here shredded. Mm. He's got the, he's got a singlet down. He's got like a six pack. He's got the little beard grown in. The mullet's grown out a bit. He's thrown the two. Switch. This isn't the one, two, three kid anymore. What and a this, shame that we're now. This is probably the. This is the final burst that we get of him. I think this is the very last time we see him. Oh, until that episode of Raw. Hey, Bischoff, Scott, Kevin Nash, Austin. <laughs> Make some noise for Detroit. <laughs> uh, so Ted DiBiase joins Vince and Jerry for commentary. Uh, DiBiase distracts Savio uh, during the match by waving the chauffeur's hat at him. Aha, my one true weakness. <laughs> Not millinery. <laughs> it allows one, two, three kids to take the lead. However, Vega can find an opening, countering the kid in the corner with a spinning kick and a gorgeous urinage. Uh, like a spinning urinage or a samba suplex, I think it might have been known as well. Yeah, sambo suplex, yeah. Sambo suplex, I think. Uh, Vega avoids a splash. Uh, from one, two, three kid in the closing moments of this match, and then does—is it like an abdominal cradle pin? It was weird. Like a wasn't cat's it? cradle pin. Yeah, it was some kind of. I've just put weird arm trap pin <laughs> from Savio. Yeah, because it—it was effective because it got him the win. But mm. um, yeah, and the moment the three count goes down, like, Steve Austin like bursts into existence. <laughs> Literally, one, two, three. Yeah, bastard! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> 
Yeah. Austin just levels Savio Vega. This leads to Austin and Kid one twoing on Savio and Ted DiBiase watching, holding the hat. Austin ends up tying Savio Vega up with the Caribbean strap. Mm. I thought maybe he's going to drag him around the ring or something like that, but they struggle to get the strap all wrapped around him. And then Ted puts the chauffeur's hat on him. The ultimate shame oh. to drive a car. Who do you are? James Dudley. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimate shame. I mean, who's in the Hall of Fame? James Dudley or Savio Vega? Yeah. That's right. Who's the who's the mystery tag partner at No Way Out 1998? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, what do we reckon to Vega versus the kid? Again, another fine match. Nothing special, really. Like you said, it's the, the thing where kid's got to do the job because he's out the company. Huh, spoilers. Vega can't lose because he's got a pay-per-view match. There's a few bits that I liked. Um, like you said, that spin wheel kick over the top rope to the floor by Vega was gorgeous. Nice Sambo suplex. There's an interesting bit where D.B. Ossie says, Mark my words, I'm taking Steve Austin to the top, and Stone Cold Steve Austin will become WWF champion. He's a good hand in the mid-card, Ted. Don't be that. Ted, stop being silly. He's a good hand in the mid-card. Naughty rainbow. I mean, Savio Vega, fine worker. Mm. Um, Sean Waltman, I think underrated worker, but he's just going to the spin kick well too much. But yeah, it's kind of his go-to bit yeah. of bit of business in it. The spin I, kick. It wasn't a bad match, but don't go out your way. It was it was fine. Mm. It was it was a match. Uh, more recaps from in your house. Sorry, sorry, from the Madison Square Garden house show mm-hmm. ahead of in your house. Um, before the show starts, uh, we're backstage in the hallowed halls of Madison Square Garden where Henry Godwin and Hillbilly Jim are looking for Phineas. They knock on the dressing room door. Uh, presumably it's their dressing room. They could just walk in. <laughs> just uh, just me thinking out loud on that one. Um, but he, um, what ends up happening here is that the door opens and Sonny walks out. Oh, hi, yeah. Oh my yeah. She's like, hello, lads. See you later. And uh, Phineas Godwin uh, is shouted at by Henry and Hillbilly Jim oh, for this. He came out like a dog with two dicks. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hiya, lads. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, so this leads to some questions as Sonny causing some shenanigans oh. between uh, the Godwins. Poison the mind of good old Phineas, it seems. Yeah. So they get their business together for the tag team title match with the Body Donners, uh, where Sonny tries to distract Phineas with sexiness. He ends up planting a forced kiss onto Sonny's face before dropping Zip with a slop drop for mm. the shock one, two, three. Uh, the Godwins are the tag team champions on a house show. Well, they went for the Bubba Ray Dudley Trish Stratus thing, didn't they? But without the success that Trish Stratus had in <laughs> quelling Bubba Ray Dudley. Um, I'm fine with this tag title change. Yeah, Body Donners have basically been treated by, not a joke, but they've not been built up, have they? They'll go in singles matches and do the job. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, great. Well done to the Godwins. The Godwins will defend the titles against the Smoking Guns on the free-for-all before In Your House. Oh, I know what we're getting to. You know where this is going? Yeah. You know the story of the blues here? I do. Mm. Like Davy Boy Smith, I've had a premonition. <laughs> Something rubbish is going to happen. <laughs> Jim Ross uh, is on the ramp interviewing Paul Bearer. The lights are very dark. We can see a casket just about behind Paul Bearer. Mm. Is your undertaker ready, says JR. Uh, Paul, accuses, Paul accuses Jim of saying... 
I know, sorry. Uh, Paul reassures Jim, I should say, read my own notes, that he is ready and Goldust will face the Grim Reaper for crossing the line. TNA. The Undertaker appears. But they ask where the Undertaker is. So Paul Bearer, the cask behind the behind Paul Bearer, the casket opens up. Yeah. Undertaker's having a little lie down. He doesn't even bother sitting up. This is weird. He was just lazy. Lying. He was just lying there, just like, How you doing, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> Tell Goldust I'm gonna slap him. I wish he'd said, How you doing, Jim? Yep, I'm not moving. <laughs> comfy. <laughs> warm. I'm comfy. May I may be hiding a bonk on. So it's best if I just stay still. <laughs> but uh it just looked weird because you could barely see Undertaker. He's not really doing the Undertaker cadence either. He's not like <laughs> rotting, rotting hands of. Uh. He's just like, hey, Golder prick. <laughs> elbow you in the face. It's just. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so as he's lay there, uh, mankind suddenly appears yeah. and slams the casket shut. Starts wrapping it with maybe cable or a rope, and uh, and uh, then he disappears. And now Goldust then appears mm-hmm. uh, to distract Paul Bearer. Mankind nips to the back, comes back out with a massive fucking steel pole. <laughs> I don't know why it was funny, but it was. <laughs> Big steel pole just starts battering the casket with this steel pole. Shoddy workmanship from the Undertaker as well, because this fucking casket was made out of a coke can it just <laughs> crumpled instantly as mankind's wielding this 15 foot long metal pole like some kind of claymore sword just like oh it's a bit long <laughs> like a pole vault uh, then after battering this pole for ages he just tips the casket up yeah and uh, and then by this point Wurzel and the other officials are here to try and sort of sort out what's going on Mankind and Goldust take their leave sending a message to the Undertaker ahead of the casket match in your house beware of dog what do you reckon of this whole segment I quite enjoyed it um I enjoyed the first half for all the wrong reasons. Just for Undertaker <laughs> lying there refusing to sit up. And I was like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, that looked a bit weird. But the build of, considering like we were saying the other week, this Goldust versus Undertaker feuds come out of nowhere. Uh, the building of Mankind strongly, Goldust is now looking more calculated rather than just mm. a bizarre individual as they like to portray him. So the character work's been very good. Um, I've never actually seen this match in question so I'm look, I'm looking forward to seeing it we're going to watch it next week oh god we are aren't we we are flipping what, well a, pro, what a pro ladies and gentlemen what a pro live reactor watch along to uh, In Your House Beware of Dog and now it's the version that's on the WWE Network because as we'll talk about next week this show is fraught with issues oh god fraught with issues and I feel bad it's the one show named after the British Bulldog and it's just a mess <laughs> what a premonition you got to put 20p in the meter. 20p will stop. <laughs> we'll reveal more about that later on. <laughs> Bulldog's used up all the power because he doesn't know how to... You can't save on his copy of Mario 3 on the SNES. <laughs> so what he's done is he's left it on all night and just switched off the telly. <laughs> <laughs> or he's brought a toaster in from home. Yeah. It's all right, our Tom's part tested it. <laughs> Boo! Oh, shit. <laughs> this pop tart's been out. Burn me teeth. How'd you burn teeth? <laughs> it's hurt. <laughs> He's in pitch black going, oh, oh, he's pop- 
<laughs> Bulldog, we don't know it's the power's out. I start going blind again. <laughs> Happens sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Too much mint sauce. <laughs> it comes and goes. Uh, talking to Bulldog. <laughs> it's main event o'clock. Hey. Bulldog is out with Jim Cornette, Diana Hartsmith, and Clarence Mason. Mm. Uh, Clarence has drawn up a restraining order to stop Shawn Michaels going anywhere near Diana Hartsmith. Uh, this uh, follows, obviously, weeks of Diana claiming that Shawn Michaels is a fornicator, along with Jim Cornette. Uh, and Sean was going to come and do commentary tonight. And this is an attempt to stop him from doing comms. Mm -hmm. um, Gorilla Monsoon looks over the paperwork. He heads out to go, hang on, let's have a look at this. I'm the official here. And he informs us via Howard Finkel that it is indeed a valid uh, restraining order. And he will comply with it by getting Diana to leave the ringside area immediately. So Sean can come and do comms. But I like it because like Cornette's doing the Cornette thing of Santa Rosie. And just going, la, 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 and Diana's just looking around and go. Me? <laughs> what the fuck have I done? Diana, of course, <laughs> selling her arse off as per. Uh, this leads to uh, Shawn Michaels' music hitting. Shawn heads to the ring. He walks past Diana Hartsmith, immediately breaking the restraining yeah. order. Yeah, it's, it's, it's null and void straight away. It's, it's, Arrest it, this man. It's useful as a chocolate teapot, that restraining order. Uh, Shawn is on commentary for our main event, which is indeed the British Bulldog versus Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, yes. Uh, Shawn on comms. Basically... This match between Sean and Bull, between between Bulldog and Jake, isn't a lot to write home about. No, basically it's something for your eyes to look at whilst we have some exposition on commentary. Yeah, basically, uh, the commentary is uh, Jerry Lawler, who has, and I don't know, I don't know how he wasn't going bright red with embarrassment. He has the audacity to spend twenty minutes haranguing Shawn Michaels for being a womanizer. How he how he doesn't just how a little little flame circle doesn't appear around his feet and he just falls into the earth. Jerry, I have no idea. Jerry the brass neck king Lawler. <laughs> the brass neck the neckier. Uh, so Sean on commentary says he loves women, but he never messed with a married woman. Uh, he goes on to say, if you've heard a rumor about Shawn Michaels, then it's gotta be true. Mm. Uh, Lawler haranguing Michaels for being a womanizer bringing up his Playgirl spread. More <laughs> on that in a moment. Uh, suggesting that he had a fling with Pamela Anderson. Uh, the Inquirer uh, apparently suggested that they had a bit of a thing going on. Oh, really? And there was an urban legend that Shawn Michaels and Tommy Lee had a bit of a bust-up about it one night backstage at a WWF event. Okay. It's an urban legend, though, so I don't yeah, know how true it is. Obviously, they were co-mingling at WrestleMania 12... 11. Yeah, 11. 11. Um, <laughs> I know, yeah, because he won the title at 12, and we watched that. And he was on an episode of Baywatch as well, wasn't he? So we, we know each other. Mm. Let's pause for a moment to go back to that other thing I said. Playgirl. Shawn Michaels getting his bollocks out for the last. <laughs> See, have you ever read Shawn Michaels' book? Yes, Heartbreak and Triumph. Yeah, because he, he, he talks about it in that, doesn't he? He certainly does. I've got the quote here. Oh, go on. Some genius in the company thought that having me pose for Playgirl would be good publicity for the company and help me get over. Since I was going to, since I wasn't going to pose naked, I agreed to do it. I thought, well, it's a magazine that women read, so why not? I figured that if Playboy was for men, Playgirl was for women. Playgirl gave Michaels cover status with the teasing subheading, Sure, Michaels, this heartbreak kid is single, sexy, and ready to get wet with you. 
there was an interview with Shawn Michaels that was a bit uninteresting. He talks about his career, uh, talks about aggressive female fans, including one that lifted her shirt and exposed her breasticles uh, before in front of him and a room full of other people. Uh, for the photo, Shawn Michaels avoids being completely uh, out there. Uh, and it brings us the iconic photo of Shawn Michaels lay on the ground with the WWF Championship covering his pecker. Uh, it's an iconic photo that many have since recreated. Uh, Sean goes on to say in his book, when the magazine came out, I went to do an autograph session. At the session, it was about 60-40 mix of guys and girls, which was normal for one of my autograph sessions. The only thing was, the men were not your usual wrestling fans. There was a lot of bold guys wearing leather. I was not at that sign <laughs> I think you were. So Michaels wasn't aware that gay men would read and look at pictures of him naked. Yeah. Which is very naive. Yeah, very naive. I would say. Was there any other bits from the book that stood out? That the, I think No, that's all I remember. Him mm. just being like, ah, yeah, women are going to love this. And he's like, what do you mean gay dudes want to look at me? <laughs> it's like... Come on, Sean. Uh, last year, ProWrestlingReality.com, citing an unnamed source within WWE said that Playgirl.com had reached out to Shawn Michaels once again about running an aged lion concept photo shoot due to the massive sales of the original print. The offer for Michaels to take off his clothes, according to this report, was $500,000. But he's now, A, a Christian man. Mm -hmm. B, he's calmed down. And C, he's aged like milk. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. In the face, maybe. There's yeah. videos of him doing yoga and stuff on the morning. He's yeah. still in good nick. Yeah. Yeah. Still in good nick. Yeah. I feel bad me going, his face looks bad. I'm so sorry, Sean. Sorry, Sean. He's, he's more attractive than I'll ever be. Um, Bulldog slowly beats up Jake Roberts whilst Jerry Lawler hollers uh, uh, gives grief to Shawn Michaels. Bulldog gives a little bit of that to Sean as well. The best bit is a sweaty Bulldog goes to HBK. Look, I haven't even broken a sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Bulldog face covered in chocolate goes I didn't even eat your gatto I don't even know what it is I can't even spell gatox Fuck it is an This is merely a wrestling match to keep our eyes busy while Sean gets interrogated by Jerry Lawler about his sexual misconduct which is just hilarious mm. um, 30 seconds left of Raw Diana Hart Smith heads back to ringside breaking the restraining order what's the point of the restraining order thing yeah face like an absolutely smacked ass <laughs> she sizes up Shawn Michaels Jim Cornette turns up and starts <laughs> shouting at Sean too um, she then grabs a glass of water. Her instructions, throw the glass of water over Shawn Michaels. I'm not, I know, I've not done the accurate <laughs> measurement of this, but I think maybe 7% of that glass of water goes on Shawn Michaels. The other 93 goes on everyone in the front row. There's a, there's a fella leaning over because I rewatched this and he's leaning over. With like He's got like a moustache and a cap and he's getting into it. And he takes, he just gets swilled by Diana Hartsmith. He just takes pretty much the full brunt of the strength of it. He's like, I'm going to try and touch your butt. Sean's got a slightly damp shoulder and he's like, oh. <laughs> nice one, asshole. <laughs> Jim Ross screaming at a slightly damp Shawn Michaels, saying, you wouldn't hit a woman. Oh, Cornette. Sean... Oh, sorry, Cornette. <laughs> Jim Ross, that'd be a complete... Oh, no, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> it is Jim Cornette, not Jim Ross. Jim Cornette goes, you wouldn't hit a woman. And Sean's like, you're right, I wouldn't hit a woman. And he just levels Jim Cornette. Mm. Um, seconds left on Raw. 
And <laughs> Bulldog does what I can only call a spontaneous piggyback ride. <laughs> Shawn Michaels is facing Diana. And Bulldog leaps off the apron as if to jump onto his back. But Sean collapses very quickly and Bulldog yeah. stands over him. And Vince goes, what's going to happen? And then that's the end of Raw. Yeah. <laughs> the match doesn't finish. It, it was it was odd. I liked it, though. Like you said, the match, not important. No. 1972 house show match. It was just a rest hold and Shawn Michaels on commentary saying, look... I've I've seen boobs before, but I don't chase boobs. Boobs chase me, and I'm a nice man. That's fine. And that was basically it for 10 basically, minutes. Basically, that's yeah. what it was, wasn't it? Uh, apparently, Jake did get the count-out victory. Yes. Um, but they cut it because they didn't want Bulldog taking a loss before a pay-per-view because this is the go-home show. So, And this comes back to the issue we had in the first match where you put two people in that you know you can't, can't really lose, yeah. do anything with. Because Jake, Jake Roberts is... I've heard a rumor he's going to be in the King of the Ring nah, tournament. Nah, he's too old. No. But um, <laughs> I did think it was an effective ending, though. This this was what I call the WCW ending, where it's like, oh, oh we've got to go, ladies and gentlemen. We're out of time. See you on Nitro next week. It was just Bulldog launching himself as Shawn Michaels, and then it cut. I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, oh, they're going to have a big a big powwow at Beware of Dog, and I'm sure oh. that, that show will go off about a hitch. Okay, well, yeah. Okay, I, you you won me over on that. Actually. Yeah, you won me over on that yeah. one. I mean, they could have done it better, but considering what they were playing with, yeah, it was all right. Thoughts on Raw overall? Decent Raw. Um, before I sat down to watch it, even you said it's a fine Raw. This, it's, yeah. it's not a slog. It takes a long. It built up nicely to beware of your dog. Be beware of your dog. Beware of your dog. Beware of your dog. <laughs> it's because I read Look in your... Look after your mother. Beware of your dog. I wrote I-Y-H instead of in your house. So was in my head, I was saying I-Y-H means in your house. And then <laughs> beware, of the beware of your dog. Um, it was more angle heavy than wrestling heavy, but it's mm. a go home show. So fine. Your yeah. thoughts? Um, sold us on the main matches. Yeah. And also sold us on why you should go to house shows. Hmm. Exactly, yeah, mm -hmm. and anything can happen in a house show. So I guess it did the job. Matches yeah. weren't terribly interesting. No. Uh, they were merely visual cues for storyline progression, basically. But uh, it gets us nicely to In Your House Beware of Dog, which we will be doing a watch-along presentation of next time we are together. Bulldog headlines a pay-per-view, named after him. And we've reached the Holy Grail. Considering it's, it's Beware of Dog and then King of the Ring, and I know we're still going to be... Dog King. Dog King. <laughs> we're still going to be in technically new generation era. But as far as I'm concerned, this is going to be the last full-on new gen pay-per-view. Because King of the Ring for me is the very star point of the Archie Ooh. era. We'll find out together. I mean, I don't know what happens. I've not seen it. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's, a, what's an attitude era? Oh, I've never know. heard of that. That sounds like bollocks. <laughs> Anything you want to plug? Uh, no, no. Like I always say, this podcast. Tell a friend. There you go. Tell ten to tell ten to tell ten to tell ten. That's all we ask you to do. Yeah, anything you want to plug? Um, this podcast. This podcast. <laughs> tell uh, ten. <laughs> uh, I will let in a little secret. Um, we talked about it earlier. I started writing it today. Crisis on Infinite Assholes Four, the classic Raw, SmackDown, and Nitro lads will reunite for a Christmas special. That's happening. If you enjoyed <laughs> a Canemus Carol last year, you will endure something similar this year. <laughs> yes. Officially started writing it today. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say what it is, but a little how the sausage is made. Um, 
Tom started sitting down and writing it and went, we can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> and last minute change tact. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's so, stay tuned for partial excitement. <laughs> and until we're next together, he is at Brad Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Don't forget to join us for Beware of the Dog. Your dog. Your dog? dog. My dog. Whose dog? I don't have a dog. Someone's dog. Love you, bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 